Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled, How Do You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Dr. Lupe Carrillo, who is Director of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion at Stanford Earth. Hi, Dr. Lupe. How are you? I'm doing well. Good to see you, Leila. Thank you so much for this opportunity to speak. Of course. So let's first jump into the questions and start off with an introduction about yourself and perhaps an answer to the main question of the podcast, which is, how do you do it and why should I care? How did I do it and why should you care? Um, it's such a great question. Um, because how did I do it? I mean, I, that could be many different things, but I, all I can say is sort of like my own personal story. Like, um, how did I get to where I am today? So, um, I'm currently a director of DEI at Stanford Earth, and I think about the privilege and opportunity that I have to really make an impact um, at a major world institution like Stanford. And sometimes I I pause and think about that, and I'm like, how did I get to this platform and this opportunity to help many people? And I think it stems back to where I grew up and my own journey. Um, so I grew up in California. I'm first-generation Mexican-American. I was born in San Jose, and I grew up in Salinas, California. So for many of you who don't know, out in the YouTube world, uh, Salinas, California is known as the salad bowl of the world. So if you look at your package of lettuce, most likely a huge percentage of that comes from this area of the world. And so it's a very agricultural migrant working community. And uh, my parents are immigrants from Mexico. And one thing that they really instilled in us is this love of education and knowing that education will just broaden your world and open up your world for you. So I grew up in a small town, um, but luckily my world did open through books and education. And, um, you know, our our city of Salinas is also known for producing one of the most famous American writers, John Steinbeck. So that was the early kind of um, exposure to literature. And Basically, I just kind of followed my passion for for school and for books throughout my academic years, Um, even though growing up in a sort of working class neighborhood and, and, you know, being amongst um, friends and family who look like you, like, I I still wanted to see like a broader world. And so education was a way to do that. Um, And I also saw how hard it was for people in our, in, in our neck of the woods. And my father worked in a wine factory in Monterey County. And my mother worked off and on canneries, but she was mostly a stay-at-home mom. But just sort of seeing the the life and, and the hardships, I, I wanted to do better for myself and my family. And so I knew that was another ticket um, to accomplish that. And so, uh, you know, I think it started with that love of education. And, and through that, um, I ended up going to UC Berkeley for college. I got a Full ride there, and my world opened up there immensely. Berkeley, of course, is an amazing university, uh, but also has this long history with social activism, and especially the 1960s student movement, civil rights movement, and and so just going there just really kind of sparked my interest in, um, in making a difference in social justice. Um, and so while I was an undergrad there, I pursued both political science as a major and also English literature. So I was really trying to understand both from a humanistic point of view, you know, what is it like to live in this world, um, to go through hardships 
and to understand that you're part of a, a, a bigger, you know, societal system, um, and what that impact that has on your feelings and your experiences to a more sort of like social kind of pers global perspective that I got from political science and understanding history and the movements of, of um, important, important initiatives. And one of the most important initiatives, you know, in the United States, of course, were the Civil Rights Acts and uh, mm -hmm. action policy and this idea of, of of really paying attention to inequalities in different groups. And I I knew what that was like growing up in California. And and so I just kind of pursued that. Um, but I ended up going to uh, grad school for my PhD in literature because I just, I really love those humanistic questions related to identity and personal experience and, and creating knowledge from that. Um, and so I was steeped in a lot of, you know, women of color literature and feminism. Um, and I also was steeped in like narrative theory. So I also came to understand the importance of storytelling and how we frame our stories and how we connect it to a larger historical narrative is really important. Um, and as much as I loved that, I, I feel like that was mostly for sort of building my knowledge, my philosophical knowledge of how things worked. And um, and also understanding art. I have this passion for what is what does art do in the world, right? What does literature or film or other forms of arts do? Um, but when it came to concluding my academic studies in literature, I, I really wanted to just do something more kind of immediate and impactful. And so I came at a crossroads of, do I want to teach literature and talk about art and, and the importance of art to social justice? Or do, do I want to kind of explore what that looks like doing um, sort of uh, administrative work in higher ed and also like gaining the new expertise on like what is diversity, equity, inclusion. And so I knew that from like the sort of historical, like humanistic perspective that I actually wanted to practice it. And so that's what sort of I veered into DEI after that. Um, awesome. And I've been pursuing that ever since. Awesome. So it seems like school had a really big impact on you. You mentioned you were at UC Berkeley and then you pursued uh, graduate studies at Stanford. But I'm curious, what were the best resources that helped you along in your journey? Yeah. And so, you know, to go back to that thread, I'm glad you went to it. Like, like DEI, at least in sort of higher edu education, is about educational opportunities, like really creating resources and opportunities for others to not only sort of, this is a phrase that I use, not only survive, but thrive in these settings. And so for me, um, I was very lucky and, and they were game changers for me. I, I applied to scholarships. Uh, the first scholarship that I applied to from Salinas um, High School to Berkeley was this amazing uh, scholarship called the Incentive Awards Program. It's a basically a full ride um, to attend Berkeley, but to also arrive at Berkeley with a family of scholars, a family of administrators who are there to support you and to kind of teach you like what it's like to you know, sort of transition into uh, the, the sort of academic world, which if you don't have parents coming from that background, it's it's a huge education in itself, aside from just going to college. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I I have to say there was one person that really made a huge difference. Um, his name is Max Martinez. He was one of the outreach coordinators for the program. And I knew that I wanted to like give back and pay it forward when I came to Berkeley and, and I would participate in outreach programs there with Max Martinez. Um, so that was something that I was involved in. Um, but through that, I got to kind of 
you know, really see him as a mentor and someone I can confide in. And, you know, and within our sort of family, we had, you know, sort of financial struggles of a working class family. And he actually kind of listened. And I just remember one time I showed up to his office to do an outreach trip. And he said, hey, you know, my wife and I would really like to kind of help you in your family um, get settled with this financial issues. And this is an administrator mm-hmm. who worked at Berkeley, like a staff member mm-hmm. who decided to, to be that generous. And I just was really struck by that. Like it wasn't part of his job, but he knew that, you know, I was on a journey through higher ed and he saw that I was struggling and, and, you know, I, I soon, I, I, I saw that as like, wow, I want to do that for others. And um, unfortunately months later after that, you know, moment, I, I continued, you know, doing outreach at Berkeley, but he passed away um, very young and he was in his fifties. Um, and, and I just remember thinking, wow, like what a legacy he left. Like, and if you go to the Berkeley campus, you actually see the, Maximiliano Martinez building there because he touched many people not just not just me he touched many students and I just thought like wow like that was definitely an example for me how I want to be in terms of spreading educational opportunities for others and being someone that not only thinks about it in terms of academic but also in terms of the whole picture like people are on journeys you know through the world and, and trying to find a place in the world right mm-hmm. How inspirational. And following on from that, um, you probably had a lot of opportunities to sort of learn throughout your life and throughout your career. But what would you say was your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Yeah, the the biggest failure I think I had was, um, and this is like a typical grad student experience, and I talk to a lot of PhD students. um, So I understand that it's not just individual, but you know, when you're so when you're so high academically achieving, it's kind of hard when you're you're facing failures or things are not working out because the, the commitment is there, right? You're academically achieving and, and you care about school, and so in graduate school, like you know, I really wanted to um, reach that goal of of getting my PhD. It's a very difficult goal, especially in the humanities, where basically when you're writing your dissertation it's you're on your own you're not part of a lab or anything it's just sort of up to you and with the mentorship of your advisor of course and it came to a point where I was well into graduate school many years I think it was my sixth year or so or fifth where I was I, I don't know if I could do it I don't know if this is actually go I cannot meet um and and that was really um frustrating for me and I understood why right like um you know, as much as like education propelled me, I was motivated and interested in other things. And, you know, family has always been an important part of my life. And you know, during graduate school, um, you know, my my father passed away and mm-hmm. he was someone that I was very close to and inspired me because of his hard work ethic. And, you know, and I really wanted to like get my PhD to like have my family kind of be there and be proud of me. And unfortunately my father had passed away during that time where, you know, I was still in the middle of the program. And um, as a high achieving first gen student who was doing a lot for the family, like that was heartbreaking. And so I really had to really think about like, what do I care about? Right. Like what am I, what motivates me? Um, And so, you know, I think what I learned from that is that you kind of have to accept like, you know, like your own personal experiences and not compare yourself to others. Um, 
because I think we all have an idea of like, there's one way to achieve goals. And actually there's different, there's different timelines and there's different ways and people do it for different reasons. And I, I eventually, you know, after struggling and really thought, Oh, this, I might, might, this might just be my first major big fail. Um, I did finish and, um, and I see that as an accomplishment itself, but you know, you can say, you could argue that I didn't meet the goal that I had in mind and for myself as an early career person. Um, and that's a bit of fail. You can say that, but I actually am grateful for where it took me now because I'm, I'm actually in a place where I'm, I'm doing amazing things. Um, you know, working with university leadership, um, deans, professors, and really kind of making an, uh, an influ- imprint on the culture. And I never thought like, you know, I would have that opportunity to influence on that bigger scale, right? I was so used to kind of on the smaller kind of very academic scale. Mm. Well, definitely. And you know what, you're so admirable that you went out and finished your graduate degree, even though you were going through such tough times. So yeah, massive respect for that. And um, following on from that, you've been sort of dropping really great pieces of advice for our whole conversation. But what is one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who is wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? Yeah, so I would say, um, you know, definitely do informational interviews. <laughs> you know, I the thing is, it's not, it's, it sounds like sort of business school kind of advice, like talk to people, network. But it really is a self-discovery process. And, and discovery comes from talking to people, meeting people, and really kind of understanding for yourself, like, what what do you want to get out of your um, your role in DEI? Or, or do you want to do that type of work? Um, so, for instance, like, one thing to consider is that it, there is there are challenges to this work. <laughs> and I think that a challenge is actually kind of energizes me because it's sort of, okay, like I'm a problem solver. And, you know, the challenge is, is like, how do you, how do you educate people on these issues? Like I know these issues from a personal level, like growing up as a Latina, as first gen, right. But this is some, everyone's work and we, we want to invite everyone to join us in this work. So how do we educate folks on this in a way that's empathetic and that recognizes differences, right? Like um, that we're just all very different human beings and come from different, have different unconscious biases as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then also how do we not only invite others, but also like work together to accomplish like a really big, you know, ideal goal of changing culture, changing organization, like having leadership reflect diverse perspectives, backgrounds, um, and um, experiences, you know, these are big goals, right? So Mm -hmm. sort of long-term change, um, that's something to really kind of wrap your mind around, which is like, sometimes you'll see this immediate impact, which is what drew me to this work. But sometimes there you have to realize, wow, there's going to be sort of a lifetime kind of goal that we're all working towards and only in hindsight, we'll see the progress. And so c- kind of being comfortable with, with that, I think it's important, but again, um, how to like use your own experiences or personal experience because they're really important, but also invite others to, to join the conversation through, through the ways that they can, right. Through their, through their own life experiences. Mm, for sure for sure and um I'm sure you're very busy at the moment but what have you read or listened to recently that's really inspired you um let's see I I've I read a lot of different things um I'm reading 
this book about lovability. <laughs> and it's a book about love. And I think about that. Um, it's just a really sort of broad concept. It's not just in terms of relationships. It's in terms of like, um, you know, what is love and what is love when it comes to the work that you do? Mm-hmm. And I think work, we should recognize work is work. There's going to be aspects of it that is just grinding and just really just problem solving. And it's not supposed to be like something like, you know, amazing. It's just getting the work done. But I, I do think that what, what love means in terms of like relationships or work includes doing things like with patience and with like faith and also with, um, you know, attention, right? Like paying attention to people listening and really taking things in. Um, Because I think sometimes, um, especially like myself, when you're goal oriented, you want to just get to the next thing, but it's really doing things with care, with attention and, and with this open, open mind. I think that's important. And so that's been kind of eye opening in terms of thinking about love in general, but I guess related to this podcast, uh, what what does it have to do with your work? Um, I think it could be, you know, work could be something that is, you know, definitely exploited. It could be exploitative. It could be a lot of work, but I think you, to sustain you, you have to find something that you really kind of appreciate about it. Definitely. And finally, to round off our conversation, what is one piece of advice that you wish you gave yourself at any point in your life? Um, that you could be your, your worst critic, but you could also be your, your best cheerleader. Um, you know, I think sometimes I know for sure, like I'm someone who really, um, overanalyzes and wants to be perfect and wants to do things well and, and it propels you to, to go to the next level. But, um, you also kind of have to have the same time, like a, a vision and something that you believe in and, and you need to have that cheerleader and it's great to get it from others, from supporters, but you could also do that for yourself. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that I, that I, I worked on and, um, and that I definitely will continue to work on. Cause I think it's important to kind of be able to, you know, check yourself when you can, but also like, you know, move yourself forward and, and, and build that confidence for yourself to, to be the kind of person that you want to be. Right. Um, and, and it took me a while. It took me a while to be like, yeah, like I could, I could shift gears. I could pivot. I could bring in like my training, which is very kind of humanistic. I could put it in the sciences, right? I work it for the school of earth energy and environmental sciences. And I, I'm sort of doing DEI in STEM, like in my own particular way. And it's because I, I, I really want to do things with uh, a deep commitment and conviction. Well, that's a lovely note to end on. So thank you so much, Lupe, for taking the time to speak with me today. It was absolutely wonderful to hear your story. Thank you so much, Leila. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.